Greetings and welcome back to another and ongoing series of Shurim Adaf Yomi. We are now on Daf Mem Chet Amud Bet of Masachet Sota and about to begin our final podcast. But first we have to go back to Mem Chet Amud Aleph to take a look at the Mishnah where we left off in the previous podcast uh, with Mishnah Yod Bet. Uh, continuing to describe the down spiral of Jewish communal life and of spiritual life in the uh, wake of the destruction uh, and beforehand, this goes now back to the first Beit HaMikdash, when the early Nevim, and we'll see how early they are, died, that was the end of the Urim the use of the breastplate uh, as a way of getting divine information. Mishchar Beit HaMikdash, now this jumps way ahead to the destruction of Beit HaMikdash, Batel HaShamir, the special worm that was used to break the rocks, as we'll see in the Gemara, Vinofet Tzufim, this is some sort of a fat in the food that made it very sweet, People of, now, in other places, Anshemanan means people who are trustworthy. Here, in the, the Gemara is going to interpret this as people of faith. Stop. That there are, save us, because there are no more trustworthy or believing people. Now, this goes to the Churban Bayi Every day is a curse. And the dew does not come down to bless the food. And all the good taste is gone from the fruit. He said the fat of the fruit is gone also. Okay, that's the, um, that's Mishnah Yud Bet. Now, on, uh, Daf we also have Mishnah Yud Gimel. And continue. Tahara meaning people's refusal to abide by the laws of Tahara. As a result of that, all of the taste is gone. So the taste was not just an inevitable sequ- uh, co- um, uh, consequence of uh, time going by, but rather it was as a result of people's behavior. Uh, so the tahara took away the taste and the smell, the good smell, and uh, not properly observing ma'asro, took away the fat of the food, they add on and say promiscuity and the witchcraft that people were engaged in destroyed everything. Um, destroyed everything of all the plenty, etc. Okay, now to the Gemara, and we jump ahead to Daf Memchet Amudbet, where we left off at the top. Who are the Nevim Rishonim? This is only very, very early. This is in the 10th century BCE. During David's time, sometimes the Urim between worked, sometimes they didn't. At one particular point, Sadok asked on behalf of David, and it worked. Avyatar was not successful. This is in the story of Avshalom's rebellion. So, Meitiv Rabbi Shmuel, how can you say that the Urim between stopped working back in the times after David or Shlomo? Here we have Zechariah, uh, which is uh, at the very end, this is not Zechariah Navi, but this is the very end, the earlier Zechariah, at the end of Bait Rishon times, and it says that he's, uh, understanding Birot Elohim, my love about Urim Atuvim, isn't that a reference to Urim Atuvim? No, Benavim, that's meaning prophecy itself. The cities given to the Levim were gone. Pasku Rimbetumim, which I mentioned, Pasak Melech and Beit David, that was the end of the Davidic line. 
Somebody will quote the Pasuk from Ezra Bet, which is the list of all of the exiles who returned, and it says there was a group of Kohanim, they could not prove they were Kohanim, and they were rejected. They cannot eat from the Kodesh Kodoshim until a Kohen comes from the Urim Tumim and is able to discern through divine assistance whether or not they really are Kohanim. Makes it sound as if the Urim Tumim was active, and we just don't have anybody to, to put it to work. What that means is, uh, you know, in some later time. And these are things that we anticipate happening, but we also realize a statement like that means it's not going to happen around now. It's not meant as a, as a real phrase, but sort of as a cliche of uh, in later times. He disagrees. Nevim Rishonim is all the Nevim of Bayit Rishon times, not the earliest part before Bayit Beit HaMikdash of David and Shlomo, but rather throughout the Beit HaMikdash period, the first Bayit period, the Urim Tumim were working, as opposed to the Nevim Achronim, who are the Nevim of early Bayit Sheni, Chagai and Zechariah, who operated at the end of the 6th century B.C. and Malachi at the beginning of the 5th century B.C.E., uh, are called the Nevim Achronim, and they're called that throughout, the Sugin Babatra, etc., uh, when they died, that was the end of Nevoah, the end of prophecy, the end of the Holy Spirit, as it were. Nonetheless, the Chachamim afterwards had this Batkol, which is like a faint shadow of Ruach HaKodesh, to get divine information. Uh, one of these famous stories of uh, hiding in an attic in Yericho. Batkol... Um, so a bat call came from heaven and said, There's one person the Shekhinah should rest on him, but the generation doesn't deserve it. And they all looked at Hillel, figuring that's who it must be. When Hillel died, they said, What a pious, uh, humble person. Because Ezra was sort of the end of Ruach HaKodesh. Now we're on the other side of the country in Yavne. The same statement. They all looked at Shmuel HaKatan. This is after the destruction, a hundred years after Hillel. So he is now considered a protege of Hillel, who is a protege of Ezra, who deserved to have the Shechina on him. When he died, he said, Shimon So he prophesied that Shimon, meaning Shimon Gamliel, and Yishmael Kohen Gadol will be to the sword. All the rest will be killed. And as he prophesied about the Hadrianic persecutions, Ushar Ammalabiza. Everybody else will be destroyed. Akan Sagin, troubles will be great. Atidin the Meta Alama, there can be great troubles coming on the people. In other words, that Shmuel HaKatan really did have some sort of Ruach HaKodesh, and on his deathbed he gave this mini prophecy. Rabbi Yudah ben Baba, who at the end of the second, middle of the second century was the last one to pass the smicha on, and was one of the martyrs killed by the Romans, they wanted to give the same sort of hespet and say he was a Talmud of Shmuel, as it were. They, they didn't have the opportunity because they were being killed by the kingdom, they had to find a way to bury him, and they weren't allowed to have a public hespet for him. Okay, the Mishnah said, Batel HaShamir, the worm. 
So Tanarban Shamir, Shabobana Shlomo Beit HaMikdash. That's the worm that Shlomo used to build the Beit HaMikdash to cut the stones. Shinemar Vabayit Bibanato Evan Shlema Masanivna. That the, in, in Shlomo's Beit HaMikdash, it describes that it was Evan Shlema, meaning a com- complete rocks, not, not hewn rocks. Rabbi Yudah says that's exactly what it is. Take it literally. In the description of the rocks, it says these are precious gems. They are hewn or put in through a megera to soften them up and to make the proper shape. So why does it say in the earlier pasuk that there was no sound of a... Um, a mason heard in the Beit HaMikdash when it was being built. Meaning that they would fix the rocks on the outside and bring them in. But they were hewn. They were cut. Rebbe says, I'll settle it. Rebbe Yehuda, who says and they weren't cut at all, refers to the wall, the, the stones used to build the Mikdash. But when Shlomo built his own house, then there was no sound of a mason there because they did break the rocks up and smooth them and shape them, but that was outside. Why was there a Shamir? If he says that all the rocks, including the Beit HaMikdash, were carved and cut, etc. He said the Shamir was used for the rocks of the Choshen. So you don't write on them. You have to write the names. You don't write on them with ink. Right, they have to be like embossed. You can't cut them with a knife. As if they have to be complete. You write ink. And you show them to the Shamir. And then become embossed on their own. In other words, the Shamir has this power to take the blinds where the ink are and shove inside. Just like a fig that when it gets very hot, kind of indents, but doesn't lose any of its uh, matter and any of its weight or volume. It just gets reshaped. The same thing, these rocks are mili they have to be completely without any loss, <coughs> but they become embossed. Uh, sorry. <coughs> just like a valley that when it rains, kind of uh, lowers itself, but it hasn't lost anything. Now, Tanarabon, Shamir Zebriato Kisora. This Shamir, when it was created, is the small, solid size of a uh, barley corn. This Shamir was created in the beginning of creation. And nothing can stand in its way, not a diamond, not a hard rock, whatever. So how did they keep it? They would take wool and wrap it in wool. Shall Aver, they'd put it into a lead pipe, Malayas Sube Sorin, filled with bran from barley, and that would keep it there. So not only was the Shamir gone, Ravami says when the first Beit Hamikdash was gone, um, <coughs> it was also the end of um, a certain kind of fancy uh, silk. It was and um, a certain very fancy kind of glass. And good chariots. Very kind of good wine that comes from the Hermon. So thick, it's like a fig wheel. That kind of wine was gone. Now, the Nofet Sufim, the Mishnah said Nofet Sufim was gone. My Nofet Sufim, what's that? Amarav, Flower that floats on top of the uh, on top of the sieve. It's so thick. 
It looks like uh, dough that had uh, oil and honey used in making it, so thick and sweet. Two loaves that are so big that inside the t- in the oven they connect to each other. Right? They rise so much. In other words, the wheat was so rich that it would rise and become so big. He said, what's nofitsufim? It's honey that came from the tzipia. My mashma was that briata shaitan berume alma umatyan duvsha tura. In the translation of the pasuk, which is kasher ta'asena hadvorim in the beginning of dvorim, his translation was kemadinatzan divriata, like the the bees. Go over shaitan rumi alman. They fly very high in the world. Umatan duvshami isbetura, and they have honey that flows down from the high mountains. So that's what nufat sufim comes from. It's suf, as in like a tzipiyah, a high place, a lookout. That kind of um, that kind of uh, honey that was dripping down from the mountains that was gone. Tanatam kol hanitzok tahor. We have a famous mishnah machshirin about nitzok, which is machloka with its tukim. With, in you pour a, uh, we had this earlier in Nazir, if you pour from a vessel that is pure, and you pour a liquid into a vessel that's impure, it does not go back in effect, the stream does not go back in effect, the upper vessel. Except for this very kind of thick honey. My zifim, so what zifim? It's honey that's so good that you're able to use it to forge something. Meaning that it works like an ink. Um, um, it's a, actually it works like um, you're able to put all sorts of other materials in it and people can't tell because it's so thick and sweet and you can put other preservatives and all sorts of things in it that's Mizaifim uh, it comes from Zif the famous Zifim who lived south of Hebron and ratted out David once or twice um is a city of Yehuda. So my Zifim, why are they called Zifim? So there's a play on it. I'm Rabbi Yochanan Adam Divrem, people who lie. They they forge their words. They're called Zifim because they come from Zif. And this is a Basku Anshe Amana. Now as I mentioned, Anshe Amana, for instance, in Tanit means trustworthy people, but here it means people of belief, as you'll see. People who believe in God, trust God. Anybody who has bread today in his basket, is worried about tomorrow. This is somebody of little faith. Who is degrades? It's a small day. What does that mean? Why did the tzaddikim get their schar and olam Diminished, their own small mindedness. They didn't trust God. Said, no, these are the children of Rishayim. Um, that, uh, that they sort of disgrace um, uh, the, their own father's judgment in the future. Why? They say to So, um, why, so the, the, have, the, these children die while the Rishayim, their parents are alive, and then they come to Shemayim and they say, after all, if you were going to punish them, so why did you have us go through all of this torture? 
wasn't for David's tefillah, everybody in Am Yisrael would be selling like disgusting kind of fats and stuff. And right before that, as Rashi points out, it says, There won't always be uh, poverty. Right, right. It wasn't for David's tefillah, then uh, people would always be selling this kind of disgusting low stuff. But now people are able to involve themselves in wealthier things. Uh, and now continuing on the theme, you'd have two tamanich chachamim having to to wear the same garment and study. In his famous tefillah, that's the Torah of second day, so Shavuot, Atikrei Bekerav Shanim, Ela Bekiruv Shnaim. As he's saying, keep them alive even when two are together like that. But the idea is making this tefillah to say people shouldn't have to live in such poverty. If you have two scholars walking together and they don't share words of Torah, then they should really die. Why? Shanemar, what's the proof text? When Elisha is escorting Eliyahu to his final... Uh, destination, as it were. Eliyahu and Elisha are talking, and as they're talking, suddenly this pillar of fire and the chariot of fire comes down between them. The only reason that they were spared was because they were talking to Torah. The implication is that if they weren't talking Torah, they should have been killed by that fire. Two scholars living in one city and they don't cooperate, and they don't compromise and talk to each other in halacha, one of them will die, and the other one will go into exile. The Aremi Klat are set up for someone who's a murderer to go, who has killed his fellow bivlidat. What's that? In dat, el torah So dat is Torah. Therefore, he killed his fellow bivlidat. And the opposite now, Tamil Chacham who studies even when he's poor and it's hard, his Alright, the nation lives in Sion, Hashem will listen to you. What does it say afterwards? And God will give you a uh, poor piece of bread and uh, a little bit of water. In other words, you live a life of poverty. Hashem listens to your your tefillah. must be told me ziva shechina, and somebody not only that, but this person gets to see the shechina. In that same pasuk, it says, "And your eyes will see your your teacher, your master." The heavenly curtain is not put in front of him. Your master will no longer hide from you. Okay, back in the Mishnah, he said, there is no, every day is a curse, and the Tala is no bracha. Now, it doesn't mean every day is a curse, it means every day is more cursed than the day before. In the Tocha, it says, every morning you're going to say, I wish it was as bad as last night only. And in the evening you'll say, I wish it was only as bad as this morning. So, hey, Boker, if it means that tonight you're going to say, I wish it were tomorrow already, you don't know what's going to be. Meaning, in the morning you're going to say, I wish it was only as bad as last night. And in the evening you'll say, I wish it was only as bad as this morning. 
So if things are so bad, how is the world continuing? Akedusha de Sidra, which is the the Kedusha in Uvalasion, Vayeheshme Rabba Dagarata. The Heshme Rabba said on the Kaddish said after Agada Kaddish Rabbanan Shinemar, Eretz Afta Kamo Ofelt Salmavid Velostarim. The world has disappeared, Velostarim. Meaning, Hayeshtarim Tofia Miofel. If there are Starim, then the world can reappear out of the darkness. All right, and then he said, He said that uh, the taste of the fruit was all gone. The lack of observance of Tahara, took away the taste and the smell. Good smell. Not being observant of Ma'asro took away the fat of the, uh, of the wheat. He found... Um, A very fat kind of um, uh, date, very fat kind of date that had really good taste to it. Shakla karcha besuche. He held it and put it into his own besudre. He put it into his his uh, cloth. Ata Rabba bre. So Rabba, his son, came. Amarle morchina recha dechaninuta. I can smell that uh, fat date. He said, my son, you must be a tahor, because you're able to still have the smell. The smell is not taken away from you, because you're maintaining tahara. So he gave it to his son. So now Abba, who was the son of this Rabba, meaning the grandson of, uh, of uh, Rav Huna, came along. He took it and it was given to him. He said, you have uh, made me rejoice, but you've also sort of set my teeth on edge, right? Because um, you you uh, took it away from me and you gave it to your son. And it was the, the son in the middle took it from the father and gave it to his son. That's what he said. That the father has tremendous love for his sons, and his sons, have their main love is for their sons, not for their father. Rachabar Yaakov, his terrible story here, Itpal Beber of Yaakov Barbarte. Rachabar Yaakov took care of his grandson. He was, um, he was evidently an orphan. Kigodo, when he grew up, Amarle Ashkin Mai, when he grew up, the grandfather said, Give me some water. Amarle Lavrichana, I'm not your son, I don't have to give you water. Rabbi Rabbi Barbartachana. That's the famous aphorism that said, People say, I'm only your grandson, I don't have to take care of you. At the last Mishnah, and there's a considerable amount of confusion here, the last Mishnah is a very long Mishnah that details um, several decrees that were promulgated um, with the uh, towards the end of the Bayachani and afterwards. Uh, but where the Mishnah ends really is a continuation that many of the Mishnayot is included as a Brita in the Mishnayot. It goes a little further than it goes in our Gemara, but we'll read what we have. The Fulmus shall Aspasinus. Fulmus is a war. So the war of Vespasian, which means the Jewish war of 66 to 73, Gazru al-Atarot The rabbis made a decree against Atarot Chatanim, which is the laurel wreath that were worn by the Chatanim at their weddings. Vialha Irus. Irus is a particular kind of a musical instrument. The Pumus shall Titus, the war of Titus, which means the destruction of the Beit HaMikdash, Gazru al-Atarot Kalot, was sort of, sort of a, a royal ornament worn by brides. And the man should not teach his son Greek. What that means, Greek culture, Greek language, we'll see. The Pumus Acharon, the last Pumus, which is the Hadrianic persecutions after the defeat of Bar Kokhba, about 70 years later, 
They made a decree that a kala should not go out in her sedan in the city, which is part of the celebration of a wedding, and these are all things of mourning. And the rabbis allowed it. Now, the last Mishnah goes to a list of, as different famous people died, what kind of character traits were lost. Picking up on the earlier theme of with the end of the Sanhedrin, there was no more uh, celebration. With the end of the Nevim, there was no more Urim Batumim. Now we go to personalities. Mishemet Reb Meir, Batlu Moshevei Mishalim, Moshevei Mishalim, people who were able to explain things by way of parables. Mishemet Ben Azai, Batlu Ashaktanim, people who were really dedicated totally to their study of Torah. Mishemet Ben Zoma, Batlu Hadar Shanim. And by the way, we're not going here in chronological order. Ben Zoma is famous for his drashot. Mishemet Rabbi Akiva, Batel Kvoda Torah, which is one form of Kvoda Torah. People who would, miraculous, he was a Galilean charismatic, he would do miracles, we read about him in Ta'anit. That was the end of the Hasidim. We talk about the Hasidim HaMishonim. Why was he called Katanta? He was the smallest of the Hasidim. He was the end of that line. Which is right after the Churban, that was the end of the glory of wisdom. During the Beit HaMikdash, which we said about Rabbi Kiva, so it's a different, this is the Kvora Torah of people who would only study standing up. That was the end of real ascetic lifestyle. He was this great Kohen who was wealthy, stories about him in Yoma. That was the end of the glory of Kuhuna. Mishamit Rebbe Batel Anavav Yirat Chet. When Rebbe died, that was the end of humility and of Yirat Chet. We'll see several challenges to that at the very end. Now this next piece, which the Amoraim seem to view as uh, as not uh, part of what's going on, because there's no comment on it in the Gemara, is either appended as in a continuation of the Mishnah or as a Brita. Tan Rabbanan, Pinchas Ben Yair Omer. Shechavet HaMikdash, Boshu Chaverim Uvnei Chorin V'chafu Rosham. Um, the uh, chaverim, the members of the, um, the collegium, and the uh, the, the free men uh, are now embarrassed, and they walk around with their head down. People who have real character have become diminished. And strong arm people become stronger. People are informers. Nobody is trying to help anything. Who can we rely on? The Chachamim have become like Sofrim. They've become like the Chazanim, who take care of things in Shul. Everybody's gone down a step, and the Chazanim have become like uh, the people of the earth, uh, common clay, as it were. What's happened to them? They've kind of disappeared. Can repair all thing. Nobody is trying to save us. We can only rely on God. And now there's this very sour picture of Yimot Mashiach when when Mashiach is about to come in the advent of Mashiach. There will be an increase in chutzpah. The yoker yamir and the and the uh, inflation will be great. There will be wine, but wine will be expensive. The kingdom will become apostate. And nobody's rebuking. The paper place where people would gather for wisdom will become used for nefarious things. 
and the Galil will become destroyed. Vagavlan Yishom. The Gavlan here is a reference to the Golan will become destroyed. Um, <clears throat> people from the borders will go from city to city and nobody's going to take care of them. The wisdom of the, uh, of the, um, of the Sofrim will be rejected. Nobody's going to be want, want to be around people of Yerechet. And truth will be lost. Narim Peneza Kenim Yalbinu, kids are going to shame older peoples. Kenim Yamdubne Kanantanim, elders will have to stand up in the presence of young people. Ben Menavel Av, a child, a son is going to be, uh, degrade his father. Bat Kama Bima, a daughter is going to stand up and, uh, be defiant to her mother. Kalab Chamota, and a girl to her mother-in-law. Ave Ishan Sheveto, a man will have the people in his household as his own enemies. Pnea Dorki Pnea Kalev. The door, the generation looks like a dog. Haben enoid by Yeshmi Aviv. Son isn't even embarrassed in the presence of his father. We only have Hashem to rely on. That's how the Brita ends. Now, continuing on, the Gemara commenting on the Pumus. There was a special kind of of laurel wreath used by the grooms that was made out of um, out of um, uh, salt, and um, um, and and that uh, that that one was the one that they banned. Aval shel hadas v'shelveret. If they used flowers, mutar. That was okay. Shmuel amar afshel hadas v'shelveret. Even that wasn't okay. Asur shel kanim v'shel chilat. But if they used just sticks, that was okay. That's how he learned it. Any kind of wreath is uh, prohibited since the Vespasian Wars uh, for grooms. It's like a tabla, a tabla, really, a kind of a drum that has one mouth to it. You bang on it and it has a particular sound comes out. Rahuna Avale Libre Tanbura. He made a son his son a Tanbura, like a Tambur. Atavua Tavri, his father came and broke it. Amarle Michlaf Betablachad Puma. It looks very much like the Erus. Zil Avile Apumada Khatsva Apumada Kaviza. Make him one that's on the hidden on top of a barrel, and then you could use that at your wedding. Now Pumus Shotitus Gazwal Atarot Kalot. They made this decree against the wreaths for the brides. My Atarot Kalot, what was the crown? We had in Masachat Shabbat some sort of a jewelry that looks like Yerushalayim. Like a tiara they would wear. But you could make it out of some sort of fabric. There's a version that says that in that same um, and that same uh, decree they included Chupat Chatanim. My Chupat Chatanim. What's that? Zahorita Muzhevet. Some sort of very golden. Um, clothes that they would wear that had uh, kind of gold threads in them that they would wear for the wedding. You can make um, um, a um, a sort of a um, a simpler thing and then hang whatever jewels you want from it, but it can't be woven into the garment. Okay, Vishalayumid et Bino Yivanit. Now, Tanarbana, where's the story behind this issue of teaching Greek, which we said that they made it as part of the decree, uh Pomoshal Titus. 
This goes back to 1st century BCE, when the Hasmoneans, there was a strife between two Hasmonean kings, two pretend, one pretended to the throne, he was the one on the outside, so what they would do is they would bring the animals from outside, they would send money over the wall, and send, they would send uh, lambs over for the Korban Tamid. Hayasham Zaken Echad, there was a Zaken who was a favor to Horkonus. Shayama Kirbachmay Vanit, he knew Greek, and as they were using Greek as a signal to say, now throw the money. La Azlan Bachmay Vanit, so he told them, Arlahan Kozmancho Skim Avoda inim Sarin Biadchem. He said, As long as they do the Avoda, you'll never be able to beat them. The Machar shall shulem dinarim, so what they do, they learn this trick, so the next day they sent out money, Bikupa Velulem Khazir. Instead of a lamb, they sent a Khazir up. When the Chazer was halfway up the wall, he stuck his fingers, his nails, as it were, into the wall, because, as of course he knew, he shouldn't be on the Mizbeach. Eretz Yisrael shook for 400 parsa. So what decree did they make? Cursed is a man who raises pigs. But here, cursed is a man who teaches Chochmah Here it means the Greek language. It was about that year that we said, It was so hard to find uh, stuff nearby that they had to go all the way to Tzrifim to get the barley for the Omer. And they had to go very far to get the wheat for Shteyalachem. Is it really wrong to speak Greek? Rabbi said in Eretz Yisrael, why are you speaking Aramaic? Either speak proper Hebrew or proper Greek. Yosef, and Yosef said, why do you speak Babylonian Aramaic here? Either speak Persian or Hebrew. So the answer is, The answer is, Greek language, that's fine. Greek wisdom, whatever that may mean, which is evidently what that Zakain was involved with, uh, that's the problem. Since when is that prohibited? I'm crying more than all the other girls in my city. Gamliel applied this to himself. He said there were a thousand boys studying in father's uh, place, father's uh, seminary, as it were. 500 learning Torah, and 500 There were only two of us left, me, the son, one studied Torah, and this other one evidently studied Chochmah Ivanit. So, how, how do you say it's prohibited? The answer is, Because Rabbi Gamliel had to deal with the government, with the Romans, they had to know how to, to dress that way, and how to speak that way, etc. Therefore, they had to be trained that way. And how do we see that? The Tanya... If you do a certain kind of haircut, it is called Darche Amori. But they allowed him to do it. Why? He had to go into the Roman courts. He had to appear like us, what they would consider notable. And the same thing with Gamliel, they allowed him to teach within his own household because they were Krovin the Machut. Good. Why did the Chachamim say they're allowed to go out in the Sedan? Because it's more modest. Then we said in that whole list, but La Chachma. There's a ver- another version. That was like the end of a Sefer Torah. It was a living Sefer Torah. That was the end of real good counsel. 
the hands of Torah that really did something. That was the end of the wellsprings of wisdom. This now is going in order, um, in chronological order. Why? Because the real crown of Chachamim is their wealth. And Rebbe was the last great wealthy Chacham. Of course, that's not true because you have Rebbe. Miracle workers. We already heard about him. He was the smallest of the Chassidim. This is all in the Mishnah. The locusts came and things got terrible. When Rebbe died 100 years later, 50 or 60 years later, then the Tzorot got even worse. Now, the end of the Gemara is very interesting. The Mishnah says, when Rebbe died, that was the end of, of humility and Yeratchet. Rav Yosef Latana, Lotitni Eitza, Anava. Rav Yosef told Latana, don't read Anava in your Mishnah. Why? Because I'm here and I know that I'm a humble person. Rav Nachman turned to Latana and said, Lotitni Yeratchet, don't read Yeratchet in your Mishnah. Deikana, I'm somebody who's Yeratchet. Important point is that modesty doesn't mean false modesty. When you say I'm nothing, it means not uh, trumpeting your own deeds. And it means not believing you're more than you are. But uh, if you know that you're an Anav, you have to say, Anava shouldn't be in there because there isn't really the end of Anava. There really uh, is, continue to be Anavim, uh, like myself. Um, important to note, though, that there aren't protests about any of the other things. Nobody says, don't mention Kavad Torah because I'm here. Don't mention Mayor Chachma because I'm here. But it's only the two things of Anava and Yerat Chait that uh, they claim still remain. Anyways, Yishakoach to all the Lomdim, Hadranalach Garufa, Hadranalach Masachet Sota. Everybody in their own way will make a proper siyum and celebrate the successful completion of Masachet Sota. In the next podcast, we will begin our next Masachet, Masachet Gitin. Everyone should have a wonderful day, and Yishakoach to all the Lomdim.